Hey y'all, welcome back to Unsolved South. Hope everybody had a good week. Maddie, did you have a good week? I did have a good week. Um, Noah actually went back to work this week, so it's been a little wild. But uh, yeah, it's been okie dokie. And I started going to the gym today. Gonna get a uh, swan. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. How was your week? I think I had a good week. I reckon I did. I think it was good. Oh, okay. I reckon it was good. It was alright. It was alright. Alright. I don't know. Billy had like a a dental thing like three days <laughs> and um then Zane had the dentist and uh Zane's had practice every day this week and um on a new medication that makes me dead tired. And so I don't know. It was a whole thing. And uh, I was going to tell uh, Kayla about her fan thing, and I was going to record her when I told her, but yeah. I never got time to, so. Oh. <laughs> I was just busy. Anyway, are you ready to get started? I am so ready. What do you got for us today? Okay, so our theme this week is kids who disappeared from their houses. Woo! I'm just kidding. <laughs> You said it like it was yeah, a party. That's terrible. You said it was like a party. No, it's 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 not a party. It's a terrible thing. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So Let's less excitement, please. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, we're gonna start in Wichita Falls, Texas, with Scott Andreas Sims. And he went by Andy, so that's what we're going to call him. He was 11 year old, years old at the time, and he was 4'11", weighed about 90 pounds. He is a white male, blonde hair, blue eyes, and he wears glasses. On December 9th, 1961, that was a Saturday, Andy and his brother... Donald were at home. They were there alone since their mom Ellen, who worked as a nurse, was at work, and their stepfather Bill, who usually was an English teacher at the local university. He had been called up for duty as a National Guardsman, and so he was stationed in Louisiana at the time. Andy's biological father was in California and he had remarried and started a new family and it seems like he just um, ditched out his old kids and you know took over with new ones but uh, this day on December 9th 1961 was actually BioDad's son Stephen's second birthday so, like I said, BioDad has nothing to do with the older kids, and um, but their stepdad was real tight with them. He raised the kids as their own, as his own, and the boys even wound up taking his last name when the mother married him. Their family was pretty new to Wichita Falls, but Andy seemed to be fitting in pretty good. He was in fifth grade at Jefferson Elementary, and he was a Boy Scout. His troop was actually planning a large winter campout for the following week, and he had a bunch of friends. It seemed like things were going really good for him. At about 12.45 to 1 p.m., 
Andy bundled up in his heavy black winter jacket and his knitted cap and he went outside to play. And normally you would have found him on his bike riding up and down the streets, but on this day his tire was messed up so he didn't get on the bike. When Ellen got home about 2.30, she asks where he is. Donald says, oh, he went out to play. She sends Donald to go get him and bring him back. When Donald come back, he said he couldn't find him anywhere. And so she went and looked also. So she and Donald were looking at this point. Soon, some neighbors saw them out there looking, so they joined into the search, and nobody found any trace of him. They searched for about five hours, and then they called the police that evening. Five hours? Wait, they searched before they called the police? Yeah, they searched for about five hours before they called the police. I feel like I would have called a little earlier. Well, I mean... I don't know. It was the 60s, so I guess, you know, you really weren't hearing about kids getting kidnapped much. So, you know, they probably just thought he was out and they just hadn't found him. So, Um, the police, though, came and they immediately suspected foul play. They checked out every lead and every possible sighting. And um, even there were some caves in the area where Andy and his friends would play sometimes, and the friends told the police about that, and so the police even searched there. There were um, some possible sightings of him at the Boy Scout camp, where that campout was going to take place the following week. So Mm -hmm. they went and searched there, and spoke to the scoutmaster, and he said he had not seen him, and there was no evidence that he was there. Well, how far away is that from his house? That I have, I don't have an answer for that. I mean, it was somewhere he could have gotten on his bike, so... My guess is it was like a pretty rural area at the time, and um, you know how it is. You just go explore and, you know, so... It wasn't, you know, out of the question that he could have gotten there. So they did search there. They searched everywhere. It was a pretty massive search, and they never turned up anything. Not a shoe, not nothing. Not nothing. Um, The Boy Scout troop did hold their camp out as they planned to the following week, and they held out hope the entire time that Andy would somehow just show up, but obviously he didn't. And um, that's pretty much it as far as his disappearance. Now, there is one more interesting fact to this case. Steve, that younger brother who was turning two the day that Andy went missing, he grew up and became a cop. And he actually retired from the police force. He knew that Donald existed, but he didn't know him. But he did not find out that Andy even existed until much, much later. And let me be clear on this. Let me repeat it for you. He did not know Andy existed. He did not know there was an Andy until after his father died in 2001. How? Andy went missing in 61. Whoa. I told you the father had nothing to do with the older boys. 
And so apparently he just never mentioned that he had a son that went missing. Wow. That's, that's wild, crazy. right? Yeah, like how that's crazy. I agree. Um and so when he did find out, when Steve did find out, he began working the case. Um, like a cop he started pushing to find out what happened to the brother he never knew he started calling in favors he started investigating and he has not been able to turn anything up but he is um, interested in investigating he is interested in finding out what happened and where his brother is even though he never knew him he says he thinks it puts him in an interesting position because he does care that his brothers miss him, but he never knew him to to get personally involved. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. So this case is being handled by the Wichita Falls Police Department, and the number will be in the show notes. Alrighty then. Next up, we have Tamika Pridgen. and she disappeared on May twelfth, two thousand one, from her own living room. From her own living room. She lived on South Street in LaGrange, North Carolina. Yes, from her own living room. Mika, as she was called, is a black female. She has brown eyes, and at the time of her disappearance, she had brown hair with light brown and blonde highlights. She stood between 5'7 and 5'10, and she weighed about 165 pounds. She was 16 years old at the time and she was last seen wearing a green v-neck shirt and a this is a mint green knee-length skirt with white flowers and then a dolphin necklace so she's actually fairly dressed up it sounds like even though it was in the evening time at her own house so but the way her hair is described and all it seems like she was somebody that really kept herself um stylish so I yeah. assume that's what it was. She she also wore braces on her teeth. And here is what happened. And I'm gonna um I'm gonna ask y'all to try not to be suspicious right off and it's gonna be hard. So okay. um I'm also gonna try not to be suspicious, but I'm probably gonna be suspicious because <laughs> um uh it was plugged in. Next to my chair. Sorry, I, my phone is about to go dead and I'm having to take the story off my phone because I can't be on the internet and <laughs> I can't get the page to load. And this page to load, I'm telling y'all, it is a mess and now my phone is done. Okay, so we're not going to be suspicious, right? Right. At around... 10:15, her mom, Cassandra Best, called her live-in boyfriend, Eric Earl Mercer Moore Sr. And that is quite a name. That is quite a name. And she asked him what time he would be home. He tells her he'll be there in about five minutes. So, anyway, he tells her he'll be there in five minutes. And Mika was in the living room during this phone call. Here is where I assume, even though, according to you, I'm making an ass out of all of us, if I assume, (laughs) I am still going to assume 
that, um, and I'm going to give the mom the benefit of the doubt here, and I'm going to say that she went to her bedroom to wait on him. Mom, Cassandra, planned to break up with him that night. And so, um, you know how that makes you super relaxed when you're anticipating a conversation you have to have? And um, so, she fell asleep before he got there, even though he said he'd be there in five minutes. And um, she was going to break up with him, but she fell asleep before he got there. And when she woke up about midnight, she found that Mika was gone and the boyfriend was not in the house either. I'm trying to hold it in right now. Yes, hold your suspicions. I'm holding. Mika's purse with money inside it and her shoes were still in the house, meaning that she would have left the house barefoot. She doesn't strike me with the way that she's dressed as someone who would leave the house barefoot. No, I, I agree completely. Cassandra called the police, who immediately listed her as a runaway. Because you know how people are always running away and they forget to take insignificant things like the money they have in their shoes? Yeah. Because I know when I run away, I do it barefoot. And you do it dressed And she like had that. money in her purse she could have taken. Exactly. So, you know, you don't wear anything comfy. You wear a skirt. and So, anyway, though, we're not suspicious at all. Um, about a week before Mika went missing, one of her classmates was reported missing. And then they were found to be a runaway. And it was, it was found out to be a hoax. And so that is one of the reasons the police just automatically assumed she was a runaway. Mm-hmm. And because, um, you know, once one person runs away, all the kids from then on have to be just, it has to be a hoax. They're all runaways at this point, right? Right. Now, Cassandra said that she protested that, and she said that Mika would not have run away, especially without her shoes, but the police were pretty insistent that they felt like she had just run off. And I also believe it was raining that night. If I'm not mistaken, it was raining and kind of chilly, even though it was, um, like, springish, but... um, I believe they said it was kind of rainy and chilly that night also. So, another reason why I don't believe she would have left without shoes. But, anyway, the police found out that Mika had been on the phone with a friend that night. And the friend heard someone knock on the door. And then the call abruptly disconnected. After that, the police began to believe that maybe she had opened the door for somebody and she was forced out of the house by that person. Okay. So maybe, just maybe, she wasn't a runaway after all. Maybe. Maybe. After that is when Cassandra says that she first learned of Eric's background, which was a long criminal record including theft, kidnapping, and assault. Oh, and she cool. was shocked. Shook, shooketh. Um, why was she breaking up with him if she didn't know all this stuff before? 
We don't know why she was breaking up with him. I do wish that they had said. But no, she said this is when she first learned of it. She had, yes, she had absolutely no idea that the man she had brought into her house with her teenage daughter had a long criminal record. Hmm. She said the sheriff actually was the one that broke the news to her. So, just a quick update on him. He um, was actually convicted in 2006 and served nine years for sexually assaulting a minor, and he was released in 2015. So, I don't know if he's reoffended. I wasn't able to find him after that. So, I don't know. Maybe. Probably. But... There was eventually a search with both tracking dogs and cadaver dogs in um, the fields and woods near her house, but they didn't find any trace of her. Eric, to this day, denies his involvement and says that he just never showed up that night. Sorry, I couldn't even hold that in. Yeah, he he had no idea that she was going to break up with him, and he said he'd be there in five minutes. But he was just like, you know what? No, dog, I'm never going back. Yeah, for all he knows, this is a booty call. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, um, I feel like I I do owe full disclosure on this case. Um, This case made me immediately suspicious because it reminds me of a case that was local to us. In April of 2016, a young lady named LaTanya Carwell went missing. Do you remember that? It was in Augusta. Uh, Um, It was the day before her 16th birthday, and it was the same thing. The mom said she woke up, and the daughter was gone, and the boyfriend was missing. And then she reports it, and um, they're looking for him as a kidnapper. And then later it comes out that him and the mom are in Atlanta together. And so the police had been looking for him. But then the mom came back and they like sold everything that they owned, including like photo albums with this girl in it, like the week after she went missing. What? Who buys a photo album with another family in it? Oh, I do. I love them. Absolutely love them. But like older ones, but you wouldn't buy one that's like, you wouldn't buy one that's I would buy one. That was newer if it had cool pictures. Yeah, if it had cool pictures in it, I would. No, you wouldn't. They sold the girl's bed. They sold all the stuff out of her bedroom. You would not sell your kid's stuff and move if they were missing for a week. Yeah. Yeah, that's... No. She's involved. I mean, it was immediately suspicious. That was crazy. Anyway, so it turns out that he had killed the girl. The mom helped him cover it up. And um, later they were arrested and the daughter's body was eventually found. But um, the mom actually married this guy while he was in jail for killing her daughter. I mean, they were all skanks. Anyway, um, this... This case reminded, it put me in the mindset of that just because there were a lot of holes, I felt like, in this mom's story, too. 
So I might just be jaded on this, um, but and I might be putting undue suspicion on the mom because of that. But mm, it does know. remind me of this case, so I just wanna, I just wanna be honest that I could be jaded about it, and that's why. Now, this case is being handled by the LaGrange Police Department, and that info will again be in the show notes. So, we're about to talk about 14-year-old Carla Rebecca Corley. Carla is a white female with brown hair and hazel eyes. She's about 5'3 and 120 pounds. She has epilepsy and that had caused a slight bit of brain damage. So um, she was just like a touch on the slower side. I don't know if that's politically correct to say, but y'all all know what I mean. Yeah. Carla went missing from the Eastwood Projects on Airport Highway in Birmingham, Alabama on or around August 12, 1980. And this was known to be a pretty rough area at the time. It had a lot of um, crime and uh, gang activities. Yeah. The official story is that she and her mom washed dishes and went the mom decided she was going to go to bed while Carla stayed up to watch TV. Mm-hmm. Around 4.30 a.m., the mom woke up hearing the TV, and she got up to find that Carla was gone. Her shoes were still in front of the couch where she had left them that night before. Some of the furniture was in disarray, and there was a bottle of soda that had been knocked over and was spilling out onto the floor. The door to the apartment was wide open, and um, Carla's belt was in the hall outside of the door. Just randomly her belt? So that's the mom's official story. No, her belt was outside the door. Hmm. But again, she left without shoes. The other version of the story is from an interview that Carla's older sister, Kat, gave with My Fox Alabama on May 18, 2012. According to Kat, she and Carla spoke every night at the same time. And on the night of August 8th, So, remember that I said Carla went missing on the 12th, or maybe Mm -hmm. I didn't say, yeah, I said she went missing on the 12th, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so according to Kat, she, on the night of August 8th, expected Carla to call her like she did every night, and Carla did not call. So, Kat called the house looking for Carla. And the mom answered and said, well, Carla's at a friend's house. Hmm. And so, every day after that, Kat would wait on Carla to call. Carla would not call. And she would call the house looking for Carla and was not able to speak with her at all. The fourth day that she called and was not allowed to speak to Carla, she called the police and met them at the mom's house. 
that was when the mom told that official story about how they washed dishes and then she woke up at 4.30 and the house was in disarray. Hmm. So, okay, so I'm going to hold my suspicion. Y'all hold y'all suspicion for a minute. I'm holding Kat kept in touch with the police and she wasn't getting a ton of help from them. About three years into Carla being missing, she called the police one day and found out that the case had been passed off to a new investigator, and that investigator had no idea who Carla even was. After about a week of digging, they finally dug up a file, um, Carla's file, and it was in the with the cold closed cases not cold cases closed cases closed now this file of carla's closed this file of carla's contained a whopping one single page what nothing else yep it was an ins nothing else it was just an incident report that detailed how Carla had been spotted in South Alabama living her life as, quote, she wanted. <laughs> what? Okay, wait. So, the police report from that day wasn't in there. The police report that the sister made isn't in there. Nothing's in there but an incident report where they say, oh, she's in some other place living her best life. Yeah. Yeah. Where did everything go? And it was stuck with the closed cases. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it took them a week to find that. Yeah. Okay, so, and please remember that even if this was true, that she was spotted somewhere living how she wanted, (laughs) um, we're talking about a 14-year-old who is medically fragile. And and even if she was a runaway, she's still 14 and she's still medically fragile. And they just decided to leave her out there on the streets because she's living like she wants. What does that even mean? And where did all the other documents go? This is not the first document. It feels like they just... I mean, you're not like, oh, somebody's actually looking for this. Let me just print off a piece of paper that looks like we have our our files in order. We couldn't find it because it was stuck in with the closed cases. Oh no! And cover up their mistakes. I mean, you're you're not exactly wrong. That's um, yeah, it's it's weird. Okay, so the mom has Carla declared dead when the seven year waiting period is up. Yeah, yeah. But she's living her best life. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure if that was something. Well, yeah. She's out there in Alabama living her best life in South she, Alabama. The mom should not and be I'm able not to sure claim that. And I'm not sure if the mom needed to have her. The mom should not be able to claim that uh, she's dead if they have a paper that says she's living her best life. It should be, oh, you can't claim her because she's living her best life. It's either one way or the other. Which is it? I don't disagree with you, although I think the court system is different in that if somebody has not seen or heard from this person in the seven years, then you can have them declared dead. So. 
But they did. What if you just went about declaring people? Did? Like, there's got to be somebody in your life you haven't seen in seven years. Yeah, but nobody's seen. You have to get somebody that's living off the grid. No, I get what you're saying, but the truth is that if you have a police force that is not really that interested in investigating, are they really asking other people if they've seen them? No. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. Like, you could just, like, if there's somebody I haven't seen for seven years, I'm just going to be like, they're definitely dead. <laughs> I'm going to have them declared dead randomly. I mean, I don't know. It's wild. In any case, about 18 years after Carla's disappearance, a story came out. About a month before she disappeared, Carla had been kidnapped by a group of men taken to Lake Purdy, Alabama, and she was raped and attacked for three hours. She was then released and made her way home somehow. The what? police were not called and no report was ever filed. Wait. Okay, so you're following, I'm, I'm right? Process? No, I'm not because I'm I'm processing. Like I, I, I don't get that. Wait, say it again. Okay, so eighteen years uh-huh. after Carla went missing, right? Her sister and the police are told a story that the month before Carla went missing. She was kidnapped by a group of men. She was taken to a local lake where she was attacked and raped for three hours. She was then released where she made her way back home. The police were never called and there was never a report filed on this. One, who told that story? Um, there was a, I hate to call him a witness, but somebody came forward and told this story. True. Okay. How did the friend... You followed me that far. Yeah, how did the friend not know this happened if they talk... Or not the friend, the sister not know this happened if they talk every single night at the same exact time? I guess the girl didn't share. I mean, sometimes people do get attacked and they don't tell anybody. And she could have, you know, acted like something was wrong and the sister's like, what's wrong? And she's like, I don't, I'm just tired. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess. And the mom just didn't care. I mean, well, there are victims. she killed her later, but. There are victims. There are victims that just never come forward. So. But you're, you're with me up until this point. Yes. Okay. So they ask the mom about it, and the mom confirms that yeah, that that had happened, and that well, not just follow me here now. Listen, not just that, but that that same group of men had showed up at the house the week before she went missing, and the mom quote, didn't permit them inside, and so then she threatened to call the police, and the men left, but she never gave any names, 
and um, said she didn't know if it was connected. She doesn't know if it's connected? Excuse me? She saw Okay, her. so my thing is, this group of men, this group of men shows up at the door, and they're like, let me in. And she's like, no, I'm not going to let you in. And they're like, okay, cool. I mean... No. I don't know. No. I don't know. No. The police are also saying they don't know if it's connected, and I do not know if that's because they don't know if the men had something to do with it, or if they are not sure the thing happened with the men. I'm not sure. Because if if you're saying that 100% did happen, it would be very hard to believe it was not connected. Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe they are not sure it actually happened. Okay, but the witness in air quotation marks, um, the participant, what happened to him? Well, we don't know that it was a him that said, we don't know who it was. The sister just said somebody came forward and told her and then told the police. So we don't know who it was. And it could have been a friend of Carla's. And the police didn't question It could have been a friend of the mom's. I don't know why you think it was a guy. Um, Because he beat her and raped her? Oh, you mean the group of men. It was a group of men. Yes, and then one of them came forward. So, I don't know where you're getting that from because I just said someone came forward. I didn't say it was somebody that was involved. Well, yeah, but you said earlier that yeah. it might have been a, yes. a, a witness is what you said. A witness, and then you air quoted it came forward yeah like uh okay so it was just somebody that knew what that came up or had this story we don't know who they were we don't know that they were involved we don't know who they were they could have been one of carla's friends could have been one of the mom's friends could have just been some random person at the grocery store we don't know who they were somebody that was involved may have told them we don't know where they got this story or how they got the story Mm -hmm. and they did not come forward with this story till um 18 years after she disappeared too so um so we don't know who this is, who this witness is. We don't know where this story even came from. We just know that somebody came to Cat with this story. Because Cat's been pretty vocal about looking for information and um, and questioning people and trying to push the police to, you know, investigate harder and everything. And... Um, so somebody may have just come forward and said, you know, listen, I heard this. And so then they told the police what they heard. In any case, the mom says, yeah, she knew all about this. So, um, and then she tells that story about how the group came to the house and wanted to come in and talk, talk, or 
whatever to Carla and she did not allow them and she said I'm going to call the police and so they were just like oh okay then and then they left and so she neglected to tell the police that back when Carla disappeared though shouldn't she be arrested for um, child endangerment I mean I can, yeah, I can see an argument for that, 100%. I'm yeah. just saying. Just saying. Just saying. So, Kat says that she's been threatened that if she doesn't stop looking for her sister, she's going to be killed. And um, that she was told that Carla had seen something that could get this group of men prosecuted now to me that doesn't make sense because according to this she didn't even go to the cops about her own attack and rape so what could they have done that she would have gone to the cops about if she's not even going to go back on herself and say hey I need help especially when they're still coming to her house harassing her yeah i mean that doesn't make any sense to me but i mean what random ass thing could she have seen that was so important that she would go to the cops but not report where she was kidnapped and raped and they came and tried to get her again yeah it don't make no sense yeah so that story is iffy to me um also cat doesn't actually act like she suspects the mom um she was part of a thread on web sleuth and she was flat out asked does why would the mom not tell anybody she was missing for four days why did the mom lie and say she was at a friend's house or whatever for four days and and you're the one that had to call the cops why don't you suspect her and she just didn't answer she acted like she didn't see the question but she answered other questions in like other people were asking questions and she answered those but not that question and somebody flat out asked did she believe the mom was involved and she just ignored the question wonder if there's a reason now the web thing i don't know the web thing will be in the show notes so y'all can go check it out if you want personally i thought she came across as like maybe mm, i don't know how to say it politely but like uh a touch unhinged let's just say that and you know not that you know her first sister went missing and everything i mean she may have a reason to be mm-hmm. but i don't know it was just like i don't know how to describe it it was just kind of wild it, it was kind of wild so what do you think do you think the assault actually happened so what i think and did the group come back for what i think happened is that this is a sex ring in this uh in this place and it is a bunch of powerful men it is mayors it is policemen it is all kinds of people that are um of some sort of power and the mom sold her to this sex ring 
and um yeah and they had her they kept her and something might have happened maybe um maybe i mean they i wish killed her or something she she threatened to tell somebody. Well, she could have had a seizure too oh yeah that's right she had some sort of medical emergency they couldn't take her to I the hospital i wish i could say that um true I wish I could say that was super far-fetched, but unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it is. I wondered if um, if this group was were like gang members and um, people were scared of them. People were scared to come forward and speak out against them. Because this was a, a bad area. This was known as a, a pretty bad area. Well, not necessarily. We she's just the only one we're talking about and um remember when i looked i was looking for missing people and so they could have found other bodies and i just i wasn't searching for people that were murdered and found yeah so given her history i do think that uh she might have had a medical emergency that does seem like like it's it holds some weight yeah well, that information will be in the show notes about whoever's handling this. I didn't write down who was handling it, though. <laughs> okay. So, um, so what do you think happened to the first kid, Andy? Um, we didn't discuss him. I don't really, I don't really know. So I had a what thought, and I'm not accusing anybody, but um, but I had a thought that what if he had gone to the campground to try to help set up for the camping and um you know sometimes you know it's come out several times that scoutmasters and stuff have um turned out to be not who you think they are and could it be possible that that guy did something to him maybe he was actually spotted at the campground they went and checked and asked the scoutmaster but he was there alone so if he had done something to him you know i mean yeah who's gonna say oh yeah he was here you know so i i wondered if it was maybe something like that but but i mean the truth is there was no evidence whatsoever so he could have just been snatched by some rando off the street very true you just don't know and if there were caves out there possibly there were underground caves it's maybe possible he could have fallen in to a crevice or something or even you know went exploring in the caves and maybe he got stuck got lost yeah you're right man i don't know it's just so sad yeah it is and I, I think we all know what I think happened with the other girl, so we're not even <laughs> going to discuss that. But, yeah, um, no need. I just, I think that people should know a little bit something about the background of a grown man that they move in with their kids, especially yeah. their daughters. Yeah. But all their kids. I mean, I just feel like you should know a little background on them. And she was like, well, all she knew was what he told her. Now, 
you know, the internet was a thing, so you could have Googled him or something. Yeah, something. Or asked around and been like, hey girl, you know anything about this guy? I'm thinking about dating him. Yeah, exactly. So... And, um, well, that's all the story I got, but real quick, you want to touch on this Carly Russell thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so if y'all don't know, Carly Russell is... That um, girl. How old was she? 26? 23? She's in her early 20s. Now, I don't think she's that old. Yeah, I think she's young. Yeah. She's in her early 20s. She's young and dumb. Um, she... She pulled over on the side of the road and allegedly saw a toddler walking down the highway, down the interstate actually, and called 911. And then she called her, what, sister? For 400 yards. Yeah, she followed the kid for 400 yards. Sister? Um, For 400 yards. Yeah. That's four football fields. Sorry, the delay. Um, she called her sister. sister and told her the same thing, and then it end, the call ended in a scream. And then she went missing, and then the world blew up. And yes, they should have, because this girl went missing, and we all needed to be looking for her. But it turns out that she made the whole thing up. So, she was supposed to meet with the police, and she decided not to meet with the police, which, who knew that was an option? And Wait, so, she sent that. a statement through her lawyer, and apparently, and she said that she did not see a baby, that she was in on this alone, that, um that nobody else was involved, that she wasn't kidnapped. But her story was a little more ridiculous than even that because even above and beyond the kids, and she said a white guy with orange hair that was bald in the middle. Yeah. So I'm thinking yeah. Pennywise <laughs> um, <laughs> grabbed her and, like, drug her into the woods. And um, then she was thrown in a, the back of an 18-wheeler, but she escaped, and then she got thrown into a car, and they blindfolded her, but they didn't tie her hands or feet, because um, they didn't want to leave any marks on her, and then a woman that she didn't see, because she was blindfolded, came in and fed her, like, Cheez-Its or something, yeah, and um, painted her fingernails, and... She thought that they they made her strip naked, but not her socks. And she thought that they might have taken pictures of her. And anyway, she got away. But it just so happens that there was a 911 call that she had been spotted at a local motel. And all the police left the house to go to this hotel where she had been spotted and then while the police were gone she ran through the woods and showed up at her parents house that just happened to be on the other side of the woods and um convenient right and so and then she knocked on the door and her parents let her in and she had like a hundred and six dollars in her sock I, I don't know. I guess the kidnappers, they gave her the money. 
I don't, she just had the money in her sock and they stripped her naked but left her socks on and didn't take that money from her or whatever. But um, coincidentally, some money was missing from her work earlier that day. And then she had Googled how to take money from a cash register without getting caught. And the plot to the movie Taken. <laughs> and do you have to pay if an Amber Alert is issued? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, her story started falling apart pretty quick. Like, I, I myself was concerned at first because it's a scary thought if somebody is luring women out of their cars yeah. with a baby because... If that's true, you're facing the reality that you may see a toddler on the side of the road and not be able to stop and help yeah. because you're putting yourself at risk. Yeah. And that's scary. That is scary. Very scary. So, you know, at first I was very concerned also. And then when she was found and she started talking and then it was pretty quick that it was like... Yeah, this is this is falling apart. <laughs> this whole story is falling yeah. apart. But I mean, you know, I don't like clowns, so Pennywise being out here grabbing people is scary too. I don't like that. Did you see her tweets and stuff? Her posts on social media. But anyhow, no. She was talking about how uh, I she's very unhinged. Um, she was talking about how uh, I never said I went missing. Y'all did, and all this stuff, and it's just. It's crazy. Like, the whole country cared that this girl went missing. And she's on social media like, screw you guys. Like, y'all are That's y'all's fault. Yeah. That's yeah. your problem. Like, are you kidding? I also saw another post that um, somebody, or I saw a TikTok that somebody went to where she called from. The exact spot. And there's a trail right through the woods there. They walked for about a minute and a minute and a half. Oh, I saw that. And they were at somewhere where you could pull up a car. And on the other side is um, fences with houses and stuff on the other side. That's probably your mama's house. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think the whole thing is, um, it's crazy. And, and I don't know what... First off, to risk jail time over a hundred dollars is ridiculous. Like at that age, you should yeah. know that a hundred dollars isn't taking you far. It's so that's like crazy talk. I mean, if you're going to risk the jail time, at least let it be, you know, a couple grand or something. That's crazy, but not that you should steal. And but that was ridiculous. This whole thing, like to think this is how I'll get out of it, which I'm assuming was the end game. You know, if I also thought maybe she had had a mental break, but that's not what happened. You know, and sometimes people do have a, a mental break and then they do crazy stuff and then, you know, but when they're found, it's like they're definitely not in their right mind. But that's not what happened with this girl. She didn't Google all that stuff about having to pay for an Amber Alert and all that crap because she had, you know, snapped and lost reality. That 
doesn't even make sense. This whole plan was ridiculous and it was terribly thought out. And yeah. I mean, from top to bottom, none of it made sense. I don't know. Like, I don't know what was in her mind that she thought she would get away with that at all. But also, you know, like I said about the baby, you know, so now, though, if you see a baby on the side of the road, that's got to enter into your head. You know, is this a trap? It could be a trap because she put it out there and now somebody could be like, oh, that's a good idea. But not just that, but a lot of times... um, Black women in particular do not get a lot of media coverage and all. Mm -hmm. And the media picked this up and just ran with it. And then she made them all look stupid. And so are they going to be hesitant to pick up the next story and run with it like that? I would hope not, but I mean, you've got a point. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad, but it's true. Yeah. But, you know, um, I saw a TikTok with her brother, and um, this all I'm going to say on this matter, but he was like, you know, oh, black women don't get the coverage like everybody else does. And I'm like, dude, this is on every station, every radio, every TikTok, yeah. every Facebook in the entire country. You are absolutely lying about this some of them don't that is true but you can't say that about this case this case was everywhere everybody stepped up to share this and i thought it was insulting of him to say that she wasn't getting coverage because she was a black woman when she got every bit of the coverage every Every bit coverage if you didn't know who she was like are you living under a rock? Do you have social media? Do you watch TV? It. I just thought it was, I don't know, it, it rubbed me the wrong way because I do believe that there are families that could come forward and say that, that could say, you know, my my child did not get the coverage because of their race. My child did not get the coverage because they're indigenous. My child did not get the coverage because of this or that. And, and I think that's very valid for a lot of families, but not Mm -hmm. for her. And then Mm -hmm. for him to say that, and then it to come out that she was lying the whole time is just like, I don't know it. It annoyed me. I'm not gonna lie about it. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted She's to cover therapy. it because we had, I had shared the post. It sounds like our whole family needs therapy. Man, I hope I raised yeah. y'all better than that. At least if you're going to do something so stupid, I hope that I raised you better to come up with a better plan than that crap. Yeah, it just, it wasn't thought out at all. And you had time. Not at all. Like, you ain't never watched an episode of CSI or anything? Like, never? Like, come up with something believable. I mean, like, all the crime shows on TV and you've never seen one of them? Yeah. Did she watch Taken? <laughs> no. I don't know. The whole she thing was talking ridiculous. about it with a friend at work or something. She... <laughs> well, she should have. Because... <laughs> Maybe she could have come up with a better story. I don't know. The whole thing was ridiculous. Anyway, do you want to uh, give our social medias and stuff and then we'll go? Yes. 
So our Instagram is unsolved underscore south and our Facebook pages are unsolved south podcast. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. So make sure you join both and give us five stars on um, Spotify because that's a thing. Who knew? We got five stars. That's exciting. Well, yeah, the other podcast that we recommended the other week, um, they gave us five stars. So I gave them five Heck stars. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. But you said you like their podcast. Yeah, their podcast is good. I like it. I still haven't had time to read it. But, um, okay, so we all sent a message today complaining about how hot it was because it was like 108 Mm -hmm. degrees where he is and um it was in the 90s in like mid and high 90s here and so i thought we could share with somebody that loves the heat that's it just (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i thought you were gonna go like Okay, see y'all later, bye. But then you didn't. Well, because your reaction was like, that sucks. And then I was rethinking, I mean, mean, does nobody like the heat? I know I see people on my Facebook. Listen, I see people on my Facebook all the time talking about uh, when all of y'all are complaining about winter. And I mean, I don't care how hot it gets. I'm never going to say it. I hope it gets cold. Did y'all, did you see that, um, we're under a heat dome and that the ocean temperatures are rising? No. Yeah. Oh, I did That's see why that. all the sharks and stuff are acting weird this year. And that creature the other day that Well, it's shark week beach. right now. Wasn't that Tabby Island? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Myrtle Beach. Oh, yeah, it could have been. But it was like the Loch Ness Monster. Like yeah, I don't know. One. It was like the Loch Ness Monster. That was wild. Yeah. So maybe the heat dome has something to do with it. Um, I did see that the uh, heat dome, ha- they like clocked the temperature of the ocean in some places. It's like 104 degrees or something on the surface. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's that sucks. It really sucks, but yeah. I mean, I think that way down at the bottom, but can they not send up something to like pop the dome? Can we shoot off fireworks know. or something and pop the dome? I don't think fire is going to cool. You know how there's that. a conspiracy theory? I said fireworks, like to shoot up through the dome and then pop a hole in the dome like a bubble. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to work. Okay. You know, there's a conspiracy theory that the government controls the weather. Mm, I don't know about that. Okay. Man, that whole space conspiracy theory, like, yeah, that's a conspiracy theory too. But then you got me off on the space conspiracy theory, and I saw a video about that. Because somebody asked, how did they have the capabilities in the 60s to send the signal back to Earth? Because there was no internet or anything. How did they have the capabilities to send that signal back to Earth? 
and I was like, I mean, I don't know a lot about it, so maybe there's like satellites or something. I don't know. But they did have TV, so they had to have some sort of capabilities, right? So I like kind of yeah. brushed that aside. And then I saw a video where somebody videoed the spaceship taking back off from the moon. And then I'm thinking, who shot this video and how did they get the film back? <laughs> like, how did they get Good the film point. from the camera? Good point. Because the videos back then would have been in the camera, right? Did they just yeah. leave a cameraman on the moon? Is he still up there? How to get the how to get the film to him and I was like oh that's a good question and then I got to thinking how come they could take off in space with just that little rocket booster thing like they're on the moon and they can just pop up with that little rocket booster thing and fly all the way back to the U.S. but for them to get into space it has to be this big ass production with all these rocket things that fall off and all like it has to be this major production for them to get from earth to the moon but for them to get from the moon back to the earth it's just this little bitty i mean because everything had fallen off so it was just that yeah. little bitty capsule with the little rocket engine on the bottom of it and that was it mm -hmm. and they managed to come back why is yeah. it such a production one way but not the other way? That's my curiosity. I don't Somebody know. I'm just saying at first gravity. when somebody said it. But you have to get back into the the atmosphere and then steer back to the U.S. Yeah. Wasn't like they just landed in Canada or something. I mean, they went right back to where they needed to be. Yeah, like they had really good control over that rocket. And I don't exactly. It's weird. Wheel. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, how did they steer it? I don't know. I'm just saying that at first I was like, "That's crazy," and then um, I'm gonna tell you when I started to rethink it was when um, I think it was Buzz Aldrin punched that dude. You remember that that crazy dude confronted him and was like, "We never went to the moon." It might have been Neil Armstrong, but I think it was Buzz Aldrin punched him. And I was like, why are you so mad, though? Because, <laughs> you know, crazy people say crazy stuff. So if he was just yeah. crazy, then why'd the dude get so mad and punch him? And so then I started to think, exactly. I was like, why wouldn't you just laugh and be like, okay, guy. But no, he got mad. And so I was like, well, that's curious that he got so mad. And that's when I started thinking maybe there's something to it. And now the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, uh, that is weird. That is curious. So I don't know. I'm not saying we did or didn't. I'm just saying that some of the conspiracy theories have some pretty good points. Yeah. Did you see the videos where they were in the cockpit or whatever in, the sp in space and, you know, they're debunking them. They're showing like their wires and everything. And the one guy, like, hits the other guy's wire and all this. No. <laughs> oh, they're all over TikTok. No, I didn't. But. I mean, it's just, I mean, and why have we not been back? Exactly. Like, the technology is so much better now uh, in 2023 than it was then. So why haven't we been back? And why has no other country gone? 
It's just weird. I think the whole thing's weird. It's weird. Thank you. Thought that too. It's weird. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> and if there's not gravity and the people just floated up and stuff, why did they, why were they able to walk? Like, why wouldn't they just float? Like, you know, they did that bouncy step thing. Yeah. But why did they sink back down? They just sank slower. It just has less gravity. Yeah, it just has less gravity is what they're claiming. Hmm. Then how come when they're in the spaceship, their Kool-Aid, their tang would float up out of their pouches? Because it's less mass is what they're going to argue. Less mass. I don't know. I just think it's weird. I just think the whole thing is weird. Anyway, so now there's a conspiracy theory that the government controls the weather. That they have all these, um, like, planes will go up and seed the clouds and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was a kid, whenever they did send a rocket into space, if that was a thing, that, um... It would rain right after that. <laughs> and and it just seemed like it always rained. Like within a day or two after that, it would always rain. And I think they poke holes in the cloud and make it rain. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it's at all possible that they have some sort of control. I don't know. I think it's weird, though. Yeah. But I'm sure that yeah. there are conspiracy theorists that that believe that the government is heating up the oceans to I don't know why I don't know they always got a reason though so did you hear that on July 8th I think it was that everybody saw the sun at the exact same time on the earth I mean everybody yeah like there was a point on July 8th that everybody on the entire earth had the sun google that it, <laughs> I am pretty sure it was July 8th, but there was a day that everybody on Earth saw the sun on that day, and apparently it's the same day every year. That's wild, too, isn't it? <laughs> How yeah. is that a thing? That's... What? I don't know if that makes sense. I don't either. And then I'll tell you what else doesn't make sense, because I always thought these flat Earth people were nutballs, right? But this woman on TikTok, the, I love TikTok because I swear that like love you get n- like news f- from TikTok. Like people say stuff and the government can't control it. And then you're like, wait a minute, that makes sense. So this woman said, listen, there was a news story that the first female crew flew from, um, I think, Los Angeles to... I don't I want to say somewhere in Europe. I'll have to look it up. Anyway, they flew over Antarctica. And she was like, why would they fly over Antarctica? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'll have to send the TikTok. I'll have to yeah. post the TikTok so everybody can see what I'm talking about. Because I was yeah. like, wait, why is she right, though? Because <laughs> she's right. That does not make sense. That's not the most direct route. And maybe somebody can explain it, but I did not understand why you would go that way. 
I'll find the TikTok and post it and tag you in it, tag you in it and then everybody can give their answers because somebody may know. Yeah. Alicia gave me some kind of response, but then when I questioned her response, she was like, I don't know, we learned it in school and it didn't make sense then. <laughs> I can't remember. So <laughs> she like started to be able to explain it and then it felt like it kind of fell apart a little bit. So I don't know. I'll find the TikTok and send it. Yeah. Maybe some sort of like airspace uh, ownership or something. I don't know. I don't either because most of that would be over the U.S. and the ocean, right? Yeah. I don't know. It was like they went up and then come back down and that didn't make sense. Exactly. I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, I'll send it. I'll post it on the um, page so y'all can. So y'all can know what I'm talking about. I'm probably going to go ahead and post it as soon as I find it. So some of y'all might see it before this comes out and be like, what is this about? <laughs> <laughs> see what this is about on episode 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, it's time to go. All right. See y'all later. Bye. Bye.